Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining the episode today, and I'm excited to have here with me my, my new friend. We, we had the chance to spend about 10 minutes or so catching up here before we started <laughs> recording, but Anastasia Gioris, is that, am I still pronouncing that correctly? That's right. Yeah, Gioris, I know it's a toughie. Uh, that, that's good. And and I really can't thank you enough for making time to to spend with myself and the Boca Podcast listeners today. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, well, and we're going to, one of the things that we were talking about actually before we started recording is something that I'm really curious about. And that is the notion of kind of longer form, even deeper conversations. And uh, today we don't have the opportunity to go real, real long, but we may even have to have you back on the, the podcast because I think we have lots to talk about. Yeah, we kind of were, we ate into like a quarter of the time that we had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, and based on our conversation today, I'm sure we'll be able to pick some talking points that maybe we can kind of come back to. But one of the things that we do to start the podcast off normally is explore this idea of an aha moment. And very simply, that would be maybe the biggest or hardest lesson that you've learned as a business owner so far. What comes to mind when you hear that? Okay, so talking about go deep, we're going to definitely go in the deep end right now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So my, I think, aha moment, the, the harshest awakening, it was two months after I started going full time, I experienced what I didn't realize at the time was an anxiety attack. Um, I'd actually experienced some symptoms leading up to it. And this particular one led me to call an ambulance because I wasn't sure what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so what had happened, you know, I left my other job that I was doing. Uh, we'll get into to the sort of things that, that people don't know about me. But I think the fact that I went full time, I then kind of dove right into running my business, making it sort of successful and all of my free time that I wasn't that didn't I wasn't shooting or that I wasn't editing. I was basically just just trying to to build. And I didn't take any personal time and it was the winter and I I lived in a north facing apartment without any light and I was basically a hermit and my body was telling me you need to slow down and yeah. you need to take time for yourself. So that was my my aha moment that I need to take time for myself and run my business and my life with intention. Don't let it take over my life. Wow, that's huge. And I, I have to say, first of all, I appreciate you being kind of transparent with us and, and sharing that experience. What were, what were like some of the first steps that you made to, to kind of create that shift in your life to make sure that you gave yourself some space and some time to, to maintain mental and emotional health? Yeah, the, I think that the biggest little step that I first made was super simple, um, just going out for a walk. Uh, I found as I was experiencing this anxiety at, at that time, I didn't really trust that a panic attack wasn't coming. So I, I had to learn the things that my body needed in order to feel okay. So part of that is moving. Like you're, you're kind of a machine and you have to, to grease that machine and you have to fuel that machine. So go, go for walks, 
make sure that I'm eating meals. I know it's funny. I hear a lot of photographers, you know, they'll work through the day and, and forget, oh shoot, wow, I totally went past lunch. I hadn't, haven't had anything since this morning and it's now like 8 p.m. So it's when you work in a, an office space, you have dedicated lunch breaks and end of day times. And when you run your business out of home, where you sometimes might not even change out of your pajamas, it's really important to kind of create a bit of a structure for yourself and, and carve out that, that personal time and personal just maintenance. And that's really important. And, and it's funny that you bring this conversation or this topic up because we're actually getting ready to, to dive into this very topic uh, tomorrow. Something new that we've started doing at Photographer's Edit and, and actually for the Boca podcast is something that we call Workflow Wednesday. And mm, yeah. um, we're, we're talking about how to, I mean, it sounds like a nerdy topic up front, but as I said in our first episode, the reality is literally everything that we do as, as photographers and business owners is part of our so-called workflow. Yeah. And one of the important parts of that workflow is the very thing that you're talking about, which is even adding a little bit of structure, planning a little bit for the sake of our health. And so we're yeah. actually going to be covering, I say covering, I mean, it's such a massive topic, but we're going to be talking about this topic of health as photography business owners. How do we proactively uh, manage and maintain and, and ideally even improve our health. And tomorrow yeah. we're going to be talking about food. So this is, I will probably actually go to this very topic, which is also, you know, not just creating healthy food for ourselves, but also making sure that we have some type of structure that, that drives even, even our meal schedule. Cause that really is important. You can get lost in it, which <laughs> I think is in some ways a good thing, right? Like we're not so obsessed with, with our food. We're, we're focused on what we're doing. We're enjoying what we're doing maybe, but at the end of the day, we do have to maintain a certain level of health. And, and that's just absolutely vital. It's so funny, you know, because we are all adults, we're all capable, but we're talking here about the simplest things. Like, <laughs> it's so true. And, have a meal. and I'm sure non photographers who hear this might think like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think it's just because as entrepreneurs and creatives, we just get so in that work mode and that focus mode. It's hard to pull us away from the thing that we love and are so driven by. So yeah, I, I think that's awesome that you're going to be talking about that more. That's great. Well, I, this is a great way to kind of start us off. And, and it, it really always is important. I love that, that you point out that, that some people would hear this and just kind of think it's, it's crazy. It's, it's <laughs> nice to maintain a certain level of perspective. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're lucky that, that this is one of the things that we're worried about is, hey, when, when do we actually schedule a meal? But, totally. um, but at the end of the day, yeah, we, we do need to be proactive about maintaining our, our physical health, our emotional, mental health. This is, this is a really, really big thing. It's, it's, very, it's very real for me, too, even, even as of late, just dealing with some personal issues. And I know how those can affect me mentally and cause a certain amount of stress that can ultimately keep me from being truly present um, mm -hmm. with, and in my relationship with my kids, certainly present with work. And it's important to create space to, to, you know, do something as simple as go for a walk for me. I love riding my motorcycle right now. It's in the shop, so mm -hmm. I, don't, I can't actually get out on the bike, but it's, it gives you a, a mental and emotional break that is very, very much needed. And, um, totally. and ultimately it's important that we create space for that. So this is good. I, I want to get to know you a little bit more though. We've had some <laughs> really great conversation already on and off air. Tell us something just kind of random about yourself that maybe most people don't know. Oh goodness. Okay. So I'm going to say two. Okay. The the first that people who, you know, visit my site or, you know, that don't know me in general, I used to be a teacher. Really? So what kind I, of teacher? I had studied, I, I, so I did my undergrad and then my master's and I got a master of teaching for uh, what we call PJ or primary junior here. Okay. And then I did a course that then allowed me to teach up until grade 10. So it's basically, I was able to teach 
anything up until grade 10. And so for a while, I was supply teaching. And I started the business at about the same time that I started supply teaching. And what is supply teaching, if you don't mind explaining? Oh, sorry. Yes. So I'm in Toronto. For those who are like, what is this? Supply teaching is essentially if a teacher is sick, you fill in. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Or if a teacher needs to take an extended leave because of maternity or whatever, they, they call on you and, and the system calls you and you can either take a job or, you know, it's that, that kind of thing. And the teacher leaves some plans and, and I would kind of go in. And it was kind of nice because I would develop relationships with schools and particular classrooms. And so I would walk the hallways of these schools that called me on the regular and, and I developed relationships with the kids. It was cool. I, I like the idea of I, that term supply teaching is really interesting. Here in the States, we call it um, substitute teaching. Mm, but mm-hmm. the notion of, of supply and demand, I mean, the, the, the term makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. It's both here. Yeah. I I don't know why I chose one over the other, but yeah, it makes sense. That's really interesting. Okay. So you were teaching and then simultaneously kind of getting into photography. Yeah. So I, you know, I was always into photography and I had a, you know, Facebook album because at the time we would put albums out on Facebook and I would have my photography album and some friends thought that what I was putting out was nice. And yeah, yeah. One friend asked me, can you do my family you know, photos. And I thought, sure, let me give this a shot. And she insisted that I take some payment. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a professional, but I'd always taken photography classes in high school and in university. And it was always kind of something that I liked, but I never really considered it a career option. So, so she asked me that. And then I kind of took, you know, engagement photos for friends as a, you know, let me see if I could do this. And um, I thought, let me, at the time I was also planning my wedding. Okay. So I got married right out of uh, my master's. So I was really into to weddings and, and wedding blogs. And I thought, let me submit one of these engagement sessions that I just shot. It was my second one to a blog called Style Me Pretty. Yeah. I, I think I think we maybe have heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was the first, uh, sorry, the second engagement shoot I ever did. Uh, it was shot on a Nikon D3100. Yeah. Submitted it and they accepted it. It was wild and I thought okay this is a little bit of validation and I'm going to try to build this and and I thought okay it's going to be a little bit of side change it'll be great little thing to do you know to fill my time and it just started picking up and I I I did more and more supplying more and more teaching and eventually I had to make a choice and so I chose the photography and when was and we'll come back to this maybe in a little bit but when was that choice what was the turning point where you're like all right I'm gonna I'm just gonna go all in Yeah. So we're going deep again. Um, (laughs) So my brother had passed away and it was completely out of the blue. Wow. Yeah. Was this a younger or older brother? He was younger. I have two brothers. There's Johnny. He's the one who passed. He was just shy of his 22nd birthday. And then I have Peter and who is now 22. So, so when he passed, it, it helped me, I guess, to see that life is so short or it can be so short. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, it's too short to not be focusing on what brings you the most joy. I also just loved having the photos that we have of him. I'm so grateful for them. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, as much as I, I love teaching kids and, and the, the, it's a fantastic job and I commend all the teachers for all the good that they do. Photography for me, it was one of those things where I could be up until 3 a.m. editing and I would have to remind myself, hey, the birds are going to come out soon. You should probably get to bed. And I didn't want to. So I just thought I'm going to chase that joy. That's how Johnny lived his life. He was actually developing like a, a fashion line and 
and he was doing what brought him the most happiness. And I thought I'm going to do that as well. And, wow. and I think that was the biggest catalyst. Wow. Well, and mm-hmm. I, I love that you're not only going then after your, what is your passion, but you're able to do something in, in honor of Johnny as well. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That's yeah. lovely. Thank you again for, for sharing that with us. And, and we're going to actually kind of come back to your photography business. I, I, something I like about the podcast, you know, I, I realized as I continue to think about the format and, and the questions that we ask and, and how we go about things, I like that we don't quickly jump right into your kind of stereotypical introduction. This is so-and-so and this is their <laughs> photography businesses and this is what they shoot. I like yeah. that we get to that later. I'd like to get to know you a little bit. And so this has been really, really nice. And again, thank you for your transparency. You, you mentioned getting married earlier, though. And one of the coolest things on your website is this picture of you and your husband who you met in high school. Yeah. Uh, was that like at, at prom or something like that? <laughs> so the photo on my website is of us at prom. And we had actually started dating two years before that. We look like babies in that photo still. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You've got this really mischievous look on your in your face. Do I? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he does too. We, I don't know, maybe we were being a little cheeky or something. I actually co-planned that prom. We were kind of like, I, this sounds so weird, but like a, a high school power couple. Like we ran yearbook together, but we originally met grade 10 science class. I walked in, he saw me and he insists that immediately when he saw me he knew that I was the one and he was thinking to himself like how you you can't do that she's out of your league which is really sweet of him because I think he's so handsome I ended up sitting in front of him and uh and and striking up a conversation he he had a discman who was listening to Coldplay a a discman of course (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and I remember thinking oh I know Coldplay and Anyway, he was hoping that the teacher would would sit us together for, you know, as lab partners. And strangely, she did. And it's weird because halfway through the year, she rearranged the seating plan as teachers sometimes do. And she still kept us together. So I guess she saw something kind of, you know, developing there. And uh, and he actually thanked her in our wedding thank you speech. (laughs) No way. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the thing that, that drew you to him initially? He is just such a kind soul, you know, Mm. someone who is unassuming, who takes you as you are, who makes you feel safe. You know, I had had some previous relationships that just were not great. Uh, And we developed a a friendship, I guess, as we were lab partners. And I just realized, you know, he's so, so great. He, um, I can tell you sort of how we got into a relationship, which was kind of, um, indicative of the kind of person he was. He, he he was writing in this notebook all the time. And I asked him, what are you writing all the time in there? And he said songs. And I said to him, well, I write poetry and we would swap. And, and in this book, he started writing about this girl and I was secretly starting to hope it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eventually he said, as we started to talk more and, you know, then we started talking on the phone. Uh, he said, I have put one of these songs to music and I want to play it for you. And at lunchtime, you know, he said, I want to play it tomorrow at lunch. And uh, it took him all of lunch up until five minutes before the bell to finally like gather the courage to play it for me. And, and he said, yeah, all these songs have been about you and, and this one's for you. And it was called the highest ladder because for me, he climbed the highest ladder. So wow. <laughs> he, yeah, he did great. <laughs> did he end up singing that at your wedding too? So funnily enough, when he proposed to me, 
he included, he wrote a song to propose uh-huh. and part of it included some of the words from that song. And then his vows, he wrote an entirely new song, but yeah, he sung his vows. Wow. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say good. you did pretty well for yourself there. I think so. Yeah. He's a catch. <laughs> and, and do tell us his name because somehow we, we skirted that just. Yes. Okay. So Kieran is his name. Oh, I love and, it. And yeah, Kieran, K-I-R-O-N. You guys just kind of take names to the next level here. Anastasia <laughs> and Kieran. It sounds like like Greek gods or something. Oh, ethics. Yeah, he's he's half Indian, half Scottish. I've kind of got the best eyes ever. Oh, and, love it. Yeah, and in terms of his personality, like it's so funny because as much as he is such a kind, you know, supportive person, him and I are so different. We're opposites. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he is a thinker and I'm a feeler. He's the kind of person that has to know all the steps first before making a move. And I'm a let's jump in and deal with the steps as they unfold Hmm. kind of person. So we kind of pull each other in both directions. But in the end, it it kind of helps us both, I'd say. That's beautiful. Uh, Well, Mm. you guys, for those of you listening in, I mean, I'm just getting carried away in the conversation. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm so fascinated by by relationships. But yeah, by the way, we have some listeners. And and for those of you listening in, if you go to uh, Anastasia's website, if you go to olivephotography.ca in the About Me section, you can see this picture that we were talking about of Anastasia and Kieran in, in high school. It's, it's, you got to see it. It's, it's awesome. I really yeah, love that. It's kind of a rambling about my relationship. I just kind of like him a little bit. No, yeah, <laughs> I think it's beautiful. And you know what? There, there's, I have kind of a secret personal project, a podcast actually focusing on relationships that I've, I've been talking about doing for the longest time and I've never really launched. I may have to have you guys on that podcast and and we can talk about that and kind of explore the relationship a little bit more. I think it'd be really great, but I'd love to chat with couples who exude the true excitement about each other. You know, it's not something that you get to hear or see all the time. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing. And, and uh, I hope that you guys will continue to develop that. How do you like to spend free time together? We love exploring nature, I'd say. So right now we're in Toronto and it's so difficult to do that because it's so cold and the roads are so treacherous right now. But in the summer, warmer months, our Instagram stories on the weekend are, as you would say, lit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We just uh, absolutely adore just exploring new places. There's a place pretty close to us. It's called Rouge Valley Conservation Area. And Huron recently did a bio blitz, they call it, uh, where you kind of go through with scientists and chronicle all of the sort of species that are there. And he held a frog and that was life changing for him. And anyway, we love going and and exploring nature. That's also just so fueling for me and and almost grounding as well. Yeah. Um, So we love that. But because right now it's wintertime, we're trying to figure out, all right, well, what can we do if we're not out and we don't want to freeze? Because when we go out, we're out for maybe a half an hour and then we get too cold. Because you're based where again? Toronto, Ontario. And Toronto, yes. I remember spending some some time in Toronto. I actually went up there. In the States, they do something sometimes in schools called a senior trip. And I I went to a really small private school. And so our class, our massive class of, I think it was was like 18 of us, uh, 20 of us, something like that. Anyway, very, very small. And we we went to Toronto for our senior trip. And it was a really enjoyable time. But but yeah, I'm sure it gets quite cold. Like, what's the temperature out right now? Do you know? Oh gosh, what is it right now? It's minus something. Oh it's, my goodness, it's, it's, really? Oh yeah, like yesterday. Last yesterday, it snowed, and the ice right now is shy, or the snow is ice. It's shiny on top. It's wow. that cold. Wow. And it's so interesting that you say that you came to Toronto because so I photographed a number of proposals, but most of them are from people from the states. So for whatever reason, Toronto's a destination. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful city. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. Drake maybe made it cool. I actually went to high school with Drake. 
Oh, that, that sounds like a conversation in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. Well, so you, you enjoy getting out together. And it's funny that you mentioned grounding, too, because there is there seems to be some science behind this idea of literally what is called grounding and, and the significant health benefits from being out in nature and making contact with the ground. And it's not something it's not a science I can speak to extensively, but it was I just found it interesting that you mentioned that this is something a podcast that I've listened to quite a bit over the years more so a number of years ago as I was health just kind of became a hobby was a a podcast called Ben Greenfield fitness. And he actually still has a podcast. In fact, Joe Rogan, one of the most popular podcasts in the world actually had him on the podcast just recently, but that's one of the things that, that he talked about um, quite a bit. It's, it's, there's significant health benefits, not just from being out in nature and making contact with nature, I guess, but ultimately, like you were saying, just being out and about, um, the, the opportunity to kind of clear your head and be away from a screen, um, yeah. But it's interesting that you mentioned that. How do you how do you I, though create the time? Whether it's you know traveling or going outdoors or spending time with family or otherwise, how do you create the time to have the that space? How do you make that time that space for yourself as a business owner? Because it's, I mean, this is something we talk yeah. about a lot in the podcast. It's easy to get carried away with the busy work. How do you create the space for yourself? So I, I think I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the grounding, but it kind of ties into this. Sure. I, I mean, for photographers, we are dealing with so much at one time and it's important to know how to ground no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Like even when you're shooting a wedding, things can get so frazzled, you know, everyone's energy is really high and you might find yourself kind of up in your own head and the ability to just kind of, I started this, this was actually a huge thing for me when my brother passed away. And when I was just starting my business, I actually got a tattoo on my foot to remind myself to breathe and ground is just like exhale. Like imagine there's roots growing out of your feet and exhale all of that sort of frustration out of your feet or just mm. out of your body. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it's just a huge thing. And I mean, if you can learn how to ground, it, it might help you if you're listening. Well, you talk about breath. I mean, that's so important too. And I think I maybe shared this before in the podcast, but my, my first exposure really to uh, on a practical level to the notion of meditation was with my friend Nicole Goddard, who I've had on the podcast before, just a wonderful, wonderful human being. And, and, uh, I, a photographer based out of California, but she was, she was explaining to me um, some, some basic principles behind meditation. And so I took those and I sat down and I meditated assuming I, I, like I should do this before I go to bed. And mm-hmm. so I, I sat down and I meditated focusing on my, my breath. And I literally got a physical high from breathing mm-hmm. deeply. And it, it, it reminds you of the reality, which is that we don't, we don't even go to the extent, I mean, it's good that we talk about, you know, eating healthy and getting out and exercising and being out in nature, but even something as simple as breathing, we're not doing it very well. And it's important that we're present for the sake of many things, but even to the extent of managing our health through, through breathing and grounding as you were talking about. So it's interesting you make that point. Yeah. I mean, I was, this kind of ties into the, how I make time to go out. I think for me, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. (laughs) So, (laughs) but what I mean by that is it's hard for me to stop when I start a project and I will kind of go and sacrifice myself sometimes, um, as we have seen in my, my, you know, my aha moment, but it's important to be in tune with your body. So for me, sometimes I just feel super tense or I start to feel a little bit of the anxiety creep up and I just have to listen to the body and recognize, okay, now I probably should go for a walk. I I don't have set times that I kind of make time for myself. But if I feel like I'm a little bit frazzled, I'll stretch or I'll go for a walk. But I also on Sundays and Mondays, it's our time, Kieran and I, or if I'm shooting a wedding on Sunday, it'll be Monday. And also, I'm trying now more to see friends. And what I'll try to do is 
you know, because I have so much work to do during the week, schedule maybe a few visits in the same day, um, you know, just to have that personal time and, and have that day where I'm just off. And yeah. I think, like you were mentioning before, just a little bit of a reset, getting your head out of the game a little bit so that you can get back in the game refreshed. It, it helps to avoid the burnout and just helps to make the reason, like your life, the reason why you're, you're doing this. You know, you have to be a responsible business. You, you can't run it and run out of fumes. You have to fuel the business and fuel yourself. And you're, as you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of both one and the same. Yeah, it's it's true. And, and it is easy to, I mean, first of all, you obviously seem like somebody who enjoys what you do. You talk about being, being a workaholic, but part of the reason that, that you may have that tendency is because you actually enjoy what you do. Yeah. Um, it's easy to just get kind of sucked in. But it's also then easy to assume that that we have to kind of busy ourselves with all of these, uh, all of this minutia, really. At the end of the day, we need to, to do a better job of kind of proactively setting that stuff aside or more ideally giving it to someone to take care of for us so we don't have to mm-hmm. spend our time on it. But, but That's then, big for me this year. Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge. But very proactively creating space. And this really truly has been a theme on the podcast for, for some time now, the last month or two or so. I, I love that that photographers are talking more about just that simple notion of proactivity when it comes to creating the space and the time to do something besides work. And, and we're not talking about being lazy. We're not talking about, you know, only working four hours in a week. I know we mentioned the four hour work week book quite a bit here on the podcast, but the, the, the idea is to work intelligently so that you then do have that space um, yes. For yourself and for those around you, I also love that you that you mentioned the realization of kind of putting more priority on connecting with people, spending time with friends, and this is something that I didn't do very well in my I guess my twenties and maybe even kind of early thirties as well, even into my mid thirties, prioritizing consistently prioritizing mm-hmm. spending time with other people, whether it was just another individual or another couple or being with community. Um, I think I could have done a much better job of it. And the reality is that that as human beings, we're just, we, we function so much better when we are connected and yeah. we've got to create that space. And I hear so many excuses, not just in the, the photo industry, but but outside the photo industry, friends, family, or whatever the case may be, I hear so many excuses from people about why they're too busy or too tired or the idea of driving 20 minutes or 30 minutes across town to go connect with somebody. is just, it seems too much. I, I, I'm, I'm confused by that, frankly. And I, yeah. I think at the end of the day, that needs to be a priority because we will benefit so significantly. And, and, you know, this, I mean, it's all seems kind of selfish. Not only do we benefit personally, but we have the opportunity to kind of pour into other people, which is so fulfilling as well. So I, yeah. I love that you've made that a priority for yourself. That's really, really great. My husband has this really great analogy that has kind of helped me because I, you know, I can get into my own head and get busy and all that. He said that, and this has stuck with me, friendship is like a tennis match. You have to keep returning the ball back and forth. Mm. And if one person stops returning that ball, then the game's over. Oh, that, that's really, really good. And, and it's interesting <laughs> that you mentioned that and bring that up because this is something that I realized very, very significantly in the last couple of months or so. I, I got so frustrated with, well, the kind of the thing that I was speaking about a second ago, which is the, the lack of reciprocation, I guess, and yeah. and making an effort and going deep. But frankly, it, it wasn't it certainly wasn't just about other people. It was about me too. I needed to be more consistent. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I very consciously and proactively kind of decided on a group of people who I was going to do a better job of more consistently connecting with. And and some of these people are certainly not close and like nearby. I have to make an effort to reach out to them, you know, make a phone call or even if it is occasionally a text, but, but just doing, a, doing something proactive 
to consistently connect with them and make that effort. And it's it's so fulfilling too at the end of the day to invest in those people because those those people simultaneously are also willing to do the same thing and it's mutually beneficial and and hopefully mutually fulfilling as well and i think it's it's a beautiful thing we, we're going to benefit so much from it and we can speak all day long to the to how lonely being a photography business owner is and it is <laughs> very very true oh yeah I, absolutely <laughs> yeah. i mean i i've you know i shot weddings for about 10 years now my focus is um primarily photographers edit as far as business running a business is concerned but it can be quote lonely for me too i still am like i'm standing right now in in my the living room of my apartment i'm on my own the only thing here uh, is a cat and <laughs> and and that is my existence a good bit of the time it can it can get very lonely we've got to make a considerate and proactive effort to connect with others consistently and um, i'm looking forward to doing that more actually with our local photography community as well i think that's going to be really good but Anyway, I I love this. I love where we're going with all this. And I know we could keep going with just this topic of relationships, but let's go back to business for for a few minutes and and just talk a little bit. I I know you mentioned kind of how you got started in business, but talk a little bit about your photography business now, your your brand, um, what it represents in your local market. Okay. So just kind of jumping back, I guess, a little bit on the, how I got started. The, I, I realized someone, some people might be asking, what about that second unknown fact that I said that I might have? It's so true, yes. My, <laughs> my, all my family pretty much are entrepreneurs. And so it's kind of always been in my blood, I'd say. Uh, I'm not really sure if it's a nature or a nurture thing. I, I just grew up with parents who had their own business and and family like uncles and aunts and and so I think it's always kind of been normalized for me. So even though I was on the teacher track, there was a part of me, I think that always liked the idea of setting my own schedule. Huh. And yeah. And so was the second part of that question, sorry, my what I do now or how I got into it? Well or, just ultimately or, where yeah, where, what your business represents now. What is it what is the service that you offer? What is your brand yes. position? Sure. Yeah. So I, when people ask me, what do you do? Um, I like to say I am a photographer of love and happiness. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I know that's kind of broad and and on my website, I have capturing genuine warm moments full of life and love. So for me, I mean, it's about capturing those feelings. It's about, you know, what's genuine. Sure. It's great to be artsy and get those fashion shots. But for me, it's about the human element and those connections between people. Yes. And, and bringing the joy, you know, and, and showcasing the joy. So, so that's super, super huge for me. And, and I, you know, everything that I do, everything I put out, whether it's on my site, on my social, it's just, it, I feel like it's so important. There's so much negative in the world. I always, even on my personal posts on my, my Facebook page, my personal Facebook, try to bring yourself back to those positive, loving things. And when, oh, and I'm a photographer of weddings and engagements primarily. <laughs> okay, so weddings and engagement sessions, and something that you and I were actually talking about before we started recording was the fact that you said your clients actually kind of spit back your mission statement, yeah. your business's brand position to you. What does what does that look like? How does that happen? So it's really amazing. So on my contact form, I just have a few questions, and one of them is, "What first attracted you to my work, or you know, motivated you to contact me?" and I have a big part of, I guess, my online presence is my Instagram, but primarily, weirdly, it ended up becoming my stories. So but in that contact form, people will often say that they feel that people are at ease. They feel like the photos showcase the emotions, that it's genuine. And like these, these words are continuing to, to come up and, and that's really awesome. And then also just sort of 
people commenting and, and saying that they got in touch because of my stories, because I seem to, to really enjoy what I do. So it's all just sort of like, it's kind of cool. My, my job is very much just uplifting and happy most of the time. Well, and, and I have to comment on your Instagram feed and, and really what we're actually supposed to be diving into eventually at some point <laughs> is Instagram stories specifically, because I, well, you mentioned this is something that, that you, you kind of put attention and energy and focus into. And, and I'm sure that your clients love that as well. They, they can benefit from that as well. But just your, your Instagram feed is absolutely stunning. And Thanks. the, the, not only the quality of the photography, but I love the consistency of the imagery itself to you. It's not that you have just one or two colors as a theme throughout your imagery. Um, they seem, but they, they seem to all just kind of meld together into this beautiful, <laughs> um, beautiful, I guess, representation of your brand and, and the, the quality is, is gorgeous. Your use of light. I'm, I'm literally scrolling through right now as we're talking, but your use of light, the composition is widely varied, which is really refreshing as well. You know, I mean, it's easy to, um, to, to post a, a huge, I mean, not necessarily easy, but to post the same type of image all the time in your stream, you've truly mixed it up. And, and I love the variety and that speaks highly of your, your photographic ability, but um, you've done a really beautiful job of, of curating your Instagram feed. And for those of you listening in, make sure that you do. And of course we'll link to this in the show notes, but make sure you go to Anastasia's Instagram feed, which is just very simply olive photo two. T-O, T-O, Toronto. Okay. <laughs> olive photo T-O. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just like it sounds, O-L-I-V-E-P-H-O-T-O and then T-O. So make sure you go check that out and follow Anastasia. But beautifully done. And I had to to at least comment on that there. Mm, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I thought it was important to showcase, like you said, the variety. I want people who, who visit my page to realize I'm not just, you know, someone who focuses on the exact same thing all the time. Yeah. And I tell this to clients as well. You know, your wedding day is your wedding day. It doesn't have to be what you see on Pinterest images, which are great for inspiration, but I'm there to capture what actually unfolds. And so I'm, I'm glad that you picked up on the fact that everything is kind of different because, you know, your your wedding and your event is a little different than everybody else's. So that's, yeah, thanks. Well, it, but it's also easy to get, um, you know, kind of stuck. You know, you, you find something that works for your business or for your brand. You get comfortable with a particular technique as a photographer, and then you just right. kind of start shooting the same thing. And I mean, you see some of that. I, I do love the variety. And again, it speaks to the fact that you're you're pushing yourself in a way as a photographer to, to shoot a variety, not of styles per se, but just a variety of scenarios, creating different scenarios. The composition varies, the light varies. I really, really love that. And really, this acts as a great segue, I think, into really our, our primary topic of today, which has to do with Instagram stories. And, and I am definitely feeling a, an episode two coming on here because I know that we can only cover so much in, in the amount of time that we have. But um, I'd love for you just to, to talk a little bit about what you feel is the purpose of Instagram stories for a professional photographer. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. For me, the purpose of the stories primarily is to really connect with your viewers, the people who are following you, and help them get to know you. You know, our Instagram feeds are so curated, you know, especially because they act as, you know, if you're a photographer as a portfolio. So I kind of struggle with in, uh, putting in my personal stuff into my feed, but I feel like the stories is a place where you can kind of relax and be yourself. There are lots of people who feel like you have to also have a curated story. And I just feel like it, it's, I think for me that the best use is to just be real and be human. And I've had people who, who end up reaching out because they feel already like they know me, which is which is great. It's kind of an advertising platform for yourself as a person. 
Interesting. Okay, so I like that distinction of maintaining a feed which is curated, which has this this aesthetic quality, which is you know striking. It's going to capture people's attention and make them want to scroll through. But the stories act as an opportunity for you to to be personal and allow them to connect with you personally, which is really yet again a great segue into a question that I have about. Um, I actually saw your stories from this past weekend where you were <laughs> sharing these videos of of you spending time with family. And, and wow, yet again, another topic we could probably dive into really, really deep. I think it's a beautiful thing. You talked a little bit about your heritage. And, and uh, I, one of the experiences that I had in, in uh, Italy when I visited a number of years ago was just the striking experience of you know, two to three hour dinners, which is something. That oh yeah. We're, we're Longer. Just, yeah. Yeah. Which is just something that we're not used to in the States where it's like 20, 30 minutes, you jump in quick, get that food and get out. Yeah. I love the fact that, that uh, even just something as, as seemingly simple as, as food enables a platform for community. And, and um, so that was certainly reflected in your Instagram stories, but it also then kind of leads me to the question, question, which is where do you, I mean, is there <laughs> such a thing as a balance between sharing too much personal that, that doesn't, as you say, feel as curated yes, um, and, yeah. and then also maintaining, I mean, you want to be able to communicate who you are, but you also want to maintain, or, or do you want to maintain certain, some sort of professionalism um, yes. in that Instagram account? What does that look like to you? I think that that's a really, really good question. And I've been thinking about this a little bit more recently as well. So, I mean, for me, sharing my family dinner and us dancing in the kitchen and the fact that my grandmother got her eyebrows tattooed, you know, it was kind of all fun and 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 loving. And I think that I ended up making the decision to pick up my phone and record this and share this because it relates to what it is that I love to capture, hmm. right? And it's that connection, it's that love, it's the family together. However, you know, say I had a situation in, in my life where, you know, I was angry. It's very rare that I'll pick up my phone and, and rant, you know, because that's not what I want to, to share. And that's not sort of what I'm about. So I think that you do have to distinguish what, what is it that you want to attract. And so I, I'm a big believer in what you put out is what you attract. And so that's why I, I choose to share those family situations um, and things that might seem a little bit random, but to me, they spark joy. Oh, but this is really good, though. And it actually takes me to a conversation that we've also been having on the podcast, I think, pretty consistently as of late, um, which is the brand that you're creating, the business that you're building should should be a reflection of your values. Yep. And so it, it only makes sense, really, when, when you think about it that way, that that the things that you're sharing on a personal level are they very much tie to what you're doing as a business or as a brand? Um, so mm-hmm. it's an, it's a natural thing to share what it is that you're doing in your life because that's that's an extension of your values, just the same way that your photography business is. So I, I think that's a really beautiful uh, point, and I'm, I'm glad that you make that, that you make that. How many times a day do you think a, a photographer <laughs> should add to their stories? And I know this is a very subjective thing, but yeah, yeah, for somebody who's well, kind of being very proactive about. Instagram stories, like how many times do you post a day? Probably too much. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think that there is a prescribed number of posts. Some days I'll put out one post, maybe, you know, occasionally I won't put out anything at all. It's kind of rare for me because my cats are hilarious and they make me laugh. So I'll, I'll record them. But honestly, I think, you know, you have followers who are on their Instagram every day. So put out something every day. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Think about what it is that you want to attract and and put some videos out about that. And I know a lot of photographers will say, well, I don't really lead an exciting life. I, you know, I'm at home, I'm, you know, whatever. And that's true. But are you not 
working on editing a really awesome thing that you just shot? Are you not really excited about an opportunity, you know, a shoot that's coming up? Do you have any pets that are fun? Do you have food that you really enjoy and maybe want to just share a little bit of the behind the scenes of your life? Because that's kind of fun. The other day I I posted a, a behind the scenes of the gear that I was bringing to my wedding, you know, that I was shooting the next day. There's always something that you can put out. And I think, you know, it's important to not put too much pressure on yourself. I'm someone who doesn't deal very well with too much structure because I think everything's kind of fluid. But when something feels like this is kind of cool, you know, then go with that. If it's cool to you, then it might be cool to the people who are are your followers. And in the end, you want people who are kind of on your side and who are with you, right? So bring them along with your life. And how do you manage to, I mean, if you're posting pretty consistently, how do you do that without it getting in the way of, of personal life. Because I, I love the idea of sharing. And I think that the platform is it, it's a fun tool to yeah. use to share. But the last thing that I want, um, and I've been making even more of a concerted effort as of late to kind of put my phone aside, especially time with yeah. my kids uh, or my girlfriend or otherwise, like how I just don't want that phone out constantly. And so yeah. how do you balance making sure that you're posting consistently uh, for the sake of your brand with also not letting it get in the way of your own life? Yeah, that's a really, really fair and and great point. And I've been making an effort as well, because I think there was a time when I was too much in my screen. So if I'm if I'm doing something with family or with my husband, I do make an effort to, you know, if I'm going to put out a couple of things, do it, but then make sure that I am putting it away and being completely present. And I still, you know, sometimes I can get really caught up in my emails and and what's going on online and stuff. And I'm really making an effort to just sort of there's this really interesting, I can't remember where I heard it, but making eye contact, mm. you know, um, put that phone away and and really con- connect with the person who's in front of you. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm still finding that balance, but it, it is something that's on my mind. And I think that it still is possible to to do the fun posts and stuff, especially because most of the day you're alone anyway. So you don't need to be connecting with whoever's in front of you. And when you are with the people who mean a lot to you, then maybe, maybe you're not posting at those times unless it's something cool and you can put out, you know, one to three posts of that thing. Yeah. Well, it, it, it might even be, and I don't know if this is something that you do, but it might even be helpful to create a schedule of sorts. Like, Hey, my phone, I, I'm, I'm going to be on my phone at, at these times. Um, or maybe not necessarily in a schedule because schedules can vary, but Hey, in these particular contexts or these particular scenarios, yeah. I'm simply going to set my phone down um, and, and it's not going to be right there in front of me where I'm, you know, I've got the screen flipped over and it's easy to see the notifications popped up. But I, I'm amazed, frankly, at, at some of the uh, behavior that I've seen in the photo industry or maybe otherwise, um, that people just don't seem to understand how rude it is that they're constantly looking at their phone while they're sitting at, at a meal with me yeah. or, or anybody else yeah. that, that they're not, you know, that, that the relationship doesn't matter. Being present there doesn't actually matter enough to, to truly be present. And I mean, I've certainly been guilty of it. So I, I don't, I'm not preaching here, but I, I also like, I, I felt the, the pain, uh, I guess, ultimately of being in that particular situation. Um, I know that I need to be consistent and prioritizing the relationships in front of me. And the last thing that I want is to let that phone get in the way. So um, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this notion of proactivity, and I think it's it's good that we keep in mind the significance of the relationships in front of us and what you should consider, not you, obviously, Anastasia specifically, yeah. but our listeners should be asking yourself constantly is, what matters more? Does mm-hmm. this phone matter more than my than, than the relationship or relationships in front of me and act accordingly? And I think our actions speak a lot louder than words a lot of, a lot of the time. 
and and so it's important to make sure that those around us feel that they're prioritized over the phone. And and again, this is this is for me too because this is something that I haven't uh, been consistent with, and I need to do a much better job of. We I literally bought a a wooden bowl just the other day um, that our phone that is specifically designated for our phones that, you know, like during dinner time or I, I mean, we playing a game with the kids or whatever the case may be that those, the phone goes there. Um, they can at least see from me. And of course I, I, I asked them to do something similar that they'll leave another room or whatever the case, but they know that we're making that very conscious choice, the proactive choice to set that stuff aside, set the distraction yeah. aside and be present for the sake of the relationship. I think that's really well, important. I want firstly to say it's important to not be too hard on yourself, especially because we're in such a, the, what we do right now, it's kind of hard to set a schedule, right? We'll get an email and, and we know that we have to, in order to be successful with that inquiry, reply with a, with a pretty good sort of short time frame. but, and going out and stuff, it's, it's part of what we're doing. And since we're talking about stories, like I need to be recording the cool things that I'm doing, even though I'm with people that I love, but there is a line. And so, you know, I love the idea, especially with your kids, like you don't necessarily need to be sharing that. So yeah, put the put the phones away. Yeah, create those boundaries, but also give yourself a little bit of room for forgiveness. If something comes up, especially because we have such a non traditional kind of job that you really feel like, okay, I do need to do this. But after I do this one thing, my phone goes away. I'm not going to end up sort of jumping between my different social media platforms for that's, an hour. That's fair enough. That, that's truly fair. And, and I, I hear you. <laughs> I yeah. know I can be pretty hard myself too. But I, I think a lot of that too, probably what, what can help make that whole situation better is communication. I mean, when it comes to relationships, obviously communication is so absolutely vital. And part of that, that communication is managing expectations, right? So even if you're saying, hey, to, to your kids or your significant other or whoever it might be, hey, just, just so you know, I'm just doing this thing here and then I'm yeah. going to put my phone away. And, and where there's that proactivity and, and the expression of awareness of, of what you're doing and how that might affect the experience totally. of those around you, I think that's a, a good kind of balance to maintain. So this is, this is really, really great. Yeah, totally. I've been doing that as well lately. I, I say to my husband, like, I know I'm on my phone right now. I'm just going to post this thing and it's going away. <laughs> so I, I've been implementing that and it definitely has been helpful because it's keeping myself accountable as well. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. All right. So I'm kind of curious, will you share with our listeners maybe just a few creative ways that you've used Instagram stories that go beyond maybe just posting a video clip? Are, are there more interesting or creative ways, maybe even more engaging ways to use Instagram stories? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody uses Instagram in different ways, but these are, I think, things that I, I've jotted down some things I think have been really successful. So the first one, which has gotten the absolute most engagement for me, has been taking, well, making list, or followers an insider on a dilemma. Oh. So, yeah. So for a while, for several months, actually, this kind of dragged on, I was looking for a new car. And it sounds strange, but I took my followers on my car buying journey. <laughs> so I talked to them, you know, not incessantly, but occasionally I'd pop in, talk about some research, some thoughts, um, some clips of cars I was just about to, to take on a test drive. And weirdly, I just kept getting people messaging me saying, you know, this is what I think about this car, or this is what I ended up getting, or they want me to let them know because they can see that I'm researching so much what I choose because it might influence what they end up getting for their cars. So, you know, it sounds kind of strange, but any kind of dilemma, I feel like, you know, it engages them because they see you as you're making your decision process. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, kind of a fun way. Well, and I, I love that you are, first of all, it is very personal, the idea of buying a car and it maybe even seem irrelevant to your, your business brand. But the reality yeah. is we are naturally drawn as human beings to somebody asking us for our opinion. Yep, that goes into the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, then I'll just let you keep going. This is good. This is good. Yeah, okay. So the second is polls. Okay. The, yeah, this has been introduced, you know, not too long ago. And I think it's, you know, it's so successful because people do really like interacting and feeling like you're listening to them. Yeah. So you're not just someone who's talking at them. You you want to hear their opinion. So for me, I use polls, you know, you tell me what you think. Which Which car color should I get? Which one do you like best? Or weighing in recently on whether I should cut my hair again and shared a few older photos of me with short hair versus me now. Um, or even recently I tried uh, delivering a, a sneak peek with a slideshow instead of a gallery. So I asked, you know, viewers, would you prefer your, if it were up to you, do you prefer a slideshow or do you like galleries better? Just little things here and there. I find polls are like a really fun way to get people feeling like you're listening. Yes. Well, it, it makes them, it takes them from being just a number uh, or a commodity to, to, to somebody real, right? There's that personal yeah. interaction. There's a personal relationship. Even if it's a, a minor interaction, you're still asking them for their feedback. They feel like they can somehow contribute to the relationship and now they're a little bit more invested. So this is really good. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of this weird thing that happened in the photography industry where photographers felt like they had to be like untouchable celebrities. And I think it's good to be, like I mentioned before, human and, and yeah, interact with them. Um, and so the second thing that I, or sorry, the third thing, I guess I should say, that I do a lot is take them with you on an adventure. Mm. And I mean, this is just sort of recording clips, but you know, whether it's a wedding day behind the scenes, um, a weekend nature hike, or going traveling, things that you see and do on your travels. Like this, this summer, I went to Greece with my dad and my grandmother, which was a really big thing for me. Wow. And yeah, and I just, I, I recorded that. And recently I went to California to visit friends who live in an Airstream. And it was like, people would email me, you know, just about their wedding and stuff, but they would reference the Instagram stories because they were following along. And and do you think, so when I, I hear you talk about the idea of kind of taking the listeners or the viewers behind the scenes at a wedding day. Um, yeah. I, maybe this is just kind of my old school mentality, but I'm thinking like you're holding a phone up there and, and talking <laughs> to the phone at a wedding. Is the client going to get upset that, that you're spending time on your phone versus shooting the wedding? How do you kind of balance taking them along behind the scenes with making sure that you're still doing your job and not frustrating anyone? How, how does that work? Yeah, well, I definitely read the room. I don't just take out my phone in the middle of the ceremony. If it is in the ceremony, it might be a longer ceremony, like, you know, a religious ceremony that goes for an hour. And I'm at the very, very back of the church where no one can see me. Like whispering to the phone or something? <laughs> I don't actually talk in those cases. Okay. I don't actually do a lot of, I don't, I've only maybe once or twice done ceremony, but it's more so like here I've put together a, a little lay flat of all the bride's details. Let me show you this. Here are some details before the reception starts while I'm photographing the reception details. Then, oh, look, they've put cool frames or guest book with their engagement photos, which is a little bit of a push for like print your engagement photos. Or, you know, during the reception, when no one's talking to you, don't have to be completely on, there's a bit of a gap during dinner, maybe do a little pan of the room because people are also looking for their venues. 
So they want to see what the space looks like, how people decorated it. Yeah. And they might be looking for decoration inspiration. I think it also goes, it ties into sort of what I'm about, which is sort of sharing that joy and, and couples end up actually booking me because they see the things that I do. So I think it's kind of tied into my brand, but I'm never taking out my phone during family formals or during like a really sort of solemn time where I'm sort of in front of people watching me. Um, yeah, you definitely have to read the room for sure. That That's smart. I think that's a good balance. Do you, do you tag the venue, for example, if you're doing a yes. story about the location? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's another really great way to, I guess, you know, get your name in front of the people who you might want to interact with more. I always also tag the florists or the decorators or the cake bakers, whoever contributed to the day. I think it's really nice to be able to give them some kudos and also share with the people who are watching people who they might actually want to contact too. This is really good. And, and of course the immediacy too of, of that benefit for the vendors involved is really wonderful. And this is a almost, well, not, not totally unrelated, but do you, do you, in addition to making sure you tag them in those stories or maybe even individual Instagram posts, do you also create separate galleries of images for those vendors after the fact that enable them to see your work? And then of course, ultimately have the benefit of that work to share with their potential clients? Yeah, this is a, it's a really big uh, conversation actually in the photography world right now. People kind of unsure of what they should do, what's, what's expected. But what I personally do is after a wedding is done and the couple has viewed their photos and they've had an opportunity to, if they want to mark a few photos private, you know, they can, then is when I'll be able to share with the vendors. So if anybody reaches out to me, I'm, I'm always happy to, to share the gallery link. And then I just say, heart your favorites that you'd like to share. And, and I'll send you the web res version that they're welcome to share on website and social media. And I just ask for a, a linked photographer credit. And then if they want to use it, say, in advertisements and, and things where they can't really link back to my site, then we, we talk about, you know, commercial use uh, licenses. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely. I mean, I already said a potential follow up episode. Maybe there's an additional follow up episode, <laughs> even in that topic. But that that's really great. And, you know, it, of course, one of the major benefits is something that I already alluded to. One of the major benefits of using Instagram stories, tagging vendors in that is the immediacy of that image or that video going up representing that particular brand. And I'm sure that you're only creating um, stronger relationships or potentially stronger relationships with those vendors that you're working with. So I think that's a beautiful example of a use case. Yeah. And then you know, making, I, I, I'm going back to this, this initial way of creative using the Instagram stories, making a, or creating a dilemma that they can help you solve. I, I love that. I don't think I've actually even heard anyone share that <laughs> idea before. Maybe others are doing it, but um, I'd love that it is, it doesn't, it doesn't feel trite, right? That you're yeah. actually inviting them in to help you solve a problem. And uh, I, I'm, this is already something I can take and use certainly for, for our business too. Instagram, Instagram and Instagram stories is something that we've been particularly proactive and kind of developing for the photographers at it brand and even Boca, the Boca podcast brand over the last uh, six to eight months or so. But this is a great tip. And, and speaking of tips, actually, let's just go ahead and jump into ways that our listeners can begin to to start using Instagram. I mean, we, we've you've shared some great ideas here already, uh, but yeah. Instagram stories specifically, 
if they're not already doing this actively or consistently, you know, it's easy if a feature pops up on Instagram like stories, and this is what, about a year or so old now, maybe not quite. It's it's easy to start using something and then get away from it, right? It, it's mm-hmm. a lot of this is about creating a workflow that enables you to, to scale the effort and to do it consistently. Um, but what are some ways that our listeners can begin consistently and proactively using Instagram stories? Yeah. So uh, for me, like, I think maybe we get into our own heads just a little bit too much. And <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I can speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, like, I don't, like I mentioned before, with regards to my personality versus my husband's, like, I don't overthink something. If it feels right, do it. And, and so, I mean, I think maybe the first thing that you should do, and this is, this is important, is identify what your brand is and what you want to attract. Yes. So you know, if, if it feels good, maybe don't share it if it doesn't relate to your brand. So just identify what your brand is and then assess what kinds of things you already do in your life that could relate to this. So you don't necessarily have to go and seek out you know, activities, but maybe it's an excuse for you to get out and, and do that whole like self-care thing that we talked about. But what is it that you already do in your life that kind of relates to your your brand? So, you know, for me, it's about like the love and the joy and the connection. So my family get togethers and my cat's making me laugh. Like these are things that are just natural for me. Yeah. But if you're like a, a dark and moody photographer, maybe you're like exploring a, a cool waterfall and you want to like show that and have some music going and then you create a vibe in your story. Like you could totally make it cinematic. The third I'd say, so start sharing those things and use the tools that Instagram has to make stories look fun. So, you know, maybe don't have 10 different full length video clips. Maybe you want to have a couple of images with text on it, or you want to draw something on there or utilize the stickers or utilize the polls, make it kind of um, break it up a little bit. And also, this is something that I think about as well when I'm thinking about these tools. A lot of people are watching the stories maybe when they're uh, on the train and they don't have their volume on. So every so often, try and put in something that someone without volume can follow along on your story rather than just... That's really good. Yeah, rather than talking the whole time all the time. Yeah. But related to the talking part, the fourth one I'd say is don't be afraid to show your face. Like stories are a place to share who you are. So let people connect with you, show your face, be there, and and don't worry too much about what people are thinking about you because they really do want to get to know you. Mm, this is good stuff. Okay, I want to go back to one of them in particular that really resonated with me, and, and it resonated with me largely because this is something that I've been kind of processing personally and, and of course, ultimately how it relates to the brands that I'm working with. But uh, the idea of well, first of all, being really clear about about the overarching goals that you have personally, your values. I think we spoke to this a little bit earlier as well. And in fact, I just had a conversation with Graham and Ashley Scobie for the podcast yesterday, and we were talking about this idea. It's it's really so much easier to run a business when you are clear about the direction that you're going personally, mm-hmm. uh, because then that helps you filter out the stuff that's not relevant. And totally. that is particularly true when it comes to this conversation about what you actually put on your story. So that's really, really good. And and to that point, then, you know, when I hear the word authentic uh, these mm. days, it, it's thrown around so much. And frankly, it, it gets a little bit annoying. Maybe I'm just jaded, but no, the, the, the word is, is thrown out there a lot. And yet these very same people, I think, that are at least in some cases anyway, that are using this word authentic. Are using <laughs> They're the it. most curated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when, when I hear you talking about this 
this notion of putting content in your stories or being clear, first of all, about your values, the direction you want to go with your business, your goals, so that what you are then putting in your stories, it, it, it comes naturally. To me, that's authentic, right? I'm doing, I'm actually living my brand or I'm living my values through my brand. And so if I'm going to pick up the phone and, and film a story or grab a snapshot and put that in stories or an Instagram for that matter, it's, it's not going to be forced. You're not going to have to work hard in order to create content because you're actually living out your values. You're living out your brand consistently anyway. Yeah. It just makes sense. It's just that the content is just going to fit naturally. And I think that's, to me, that's a wonderful and beautiful example of authenticity. So this is, this well, is really good. I, I, I come, for me, I agree with you, but I do also understand maybe the photographers who want to really curate what they share with their couples and what their couples can expect. And, and maybe their brand isn't, you know, totally chill and this is me and I'm flawed. You know, maybe they really want to be viewed as the professionals, you know, don't, don't come to me with like text messages and, and they want to create that space. It, it kind of, it depends who you are, what your brand is, again, what you want to attract. So for me, I do love the more relaxed stuff, but I also, I can appreciate and understand a photographer who does want to have a little bit of a more curated feed, but in my case, it has been super successful to have these really authentic stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the, here's the thing. I, I look through your feed and I don't get the sense that I'm, you know, working with a teenager in the sense that you're, you're so far, I don't know, you're so progressive. Um, maybe that's not even the right word, but that, that it, it feels so out of reach for a photographer that maybe has been in the industry for 20 years, 25, maybe even 30 years that they would create, be able to create something comparable. And, and to that point, actually, I'm curious your thoughts on this, but when we're talking about using a variety of tools, the third point that you made, which is to take advantage of the tools built into Instagram or Instagram stories for the sake of variety and that content that you're creating what are your thoughts on, I mean, some photographers who have been in the industry for a little while might look at that and be like, this is child's play. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts about the relevance of using those tools in such a way that, that it feels, I, I, well, I guess relevant is really the word, that it feels more relevant to the potential clients um, that these photographers are marketing to? Well, I am right now super grateful for the success that I've had, but I'm constantly aware of the fact that times change. And in the future, you know, my style of shooting might need to shift or what I do to attract clients might need to shift. I'm so sorry if you hear my cat in the background. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I love it. Um, <laughs> she's talking, she's hungry. And so, you know, for these photographers who have been around for a while, yeah, the climate is different for sure. But you know, that's where it is. And you have these couples who are probably at this point younger, maybe even half your age than you. And this is what's attracting them. And people like variety. And, you know, we do live in a time when, when material like attention spans, you know, they, they tend to wander. And so it kind of breaks it up and it kind of, rather than just talking for 10 clips, like I mentioned, having things broken up is, is an effective way of getting their attention, right? So what, what's the reason you're doing these stories? Don't you want to get their attention? Don't you want to engage with them? If you're going to use Instagram as a platform, I guess you got to, you know, play the game as the game is meant to be played Yeah. or change it up. Maybe you have a fun, another fun way, but there are so many really cool Instagram accounts that I'm even still learning from people in all kinds of walks of life, like scientists, science writers, as well as artsy people. So, you know, don't necessarily take what I do. Feel free to, to look around and, and see what you're attracted to. And maybe someone else is doing other things that you think is really cool and do that because then that's what you're going to attract anyway. So do what feels right for you and 
and that's what you'll attract. Well, I, th- I think that's a good point, but it is also important going back to your original point, which is staying relevant. I mean, at times are changing and they're changing mm-hmm. even more quickly than they were when I first got started in photography and in order to stay uh, current and, and relevant, you, you do have to go with the flow. And if it, it, if it just so frustrates, you know, some photographers might, might say, well, I don't have time to sit mm-hmm. around and play on my phone and post an Instagram story. Okay. That's fine. That maybe that maybe that's a reflection of your goals as a business owner and how you want to manage your time. Then bring somebody on board that can do that for you. Uh, it, it doesn't mean yeah. just because this is something that is relevant to current culture and might actually help grow your business doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be the one to do it. Maybe it's not necessarily your face all the time, but you can you can hire somebody or maybe you already have somebody in house that can help you manage your Instagram account. And part of that would be creating content for stories. It doesn't mean that you have to be the one doing it all the time. And I think that's a really important point. Of course, one that we make a lot on the on the podcast, but uh, even when it comes to something like this, you can get help. You don't have to be the only one uh, managing that account. Yeah, I mean, there's two points to that. One is, you know, if times are changing, you might want to learn the things that are coming up. But also, I agree. I mean, this year, I I I am outsourcing my editing. I did last year. Um, I've started to use a studio management software. You know, think about what's important to you. What do you want in your in your life? What do you want to fill your time with? And the things that you don't really, you're not super thrilled about, sure, there are other people who can help with that. And, and that's that's a really, really fair and great point. Yeah, that's, this is good. Well, and, and just before we get to, because I want to make sure that you share with our listeners where they can find you and, and most importantly, kind of reiterate where they can see your work on Instagram so that they have an example to follow. But you mentioned examples to follow. Uh, do you, can you throw out just two or three or four Instagram accounts that, that you have a lot of respect for that aren't necessarily photography accounts um, so that oh, we can link to gosh. those in the show notes? <laughs> Okay, can I throw my husband out here? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay, so his account is at Kiron, K-I-R-O-N-C Mukherjee, M-U-K-H-E-R-J-E-E. Okay. He works at the ROM, so super, super fun. Uh, he actually is the camp director at the Royal Ontario Museum. And so he gets access to really cool stuff behind the scenes at the museum. Um, He'll post like behind the scenes of putting a a gallery together or cool things he's doing with the kids. He, he curates like really fun stories about the camp that he runs. Um, I really think that what he does is really fun along that line. I've been really enjoying following an account. He's kind of like a, I don't know what he is, a biologist scientist. It's Phil underscore Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. Okay. Um, so he travels a lot and is in nature a lot and, and just shares some really cool facts about animals and stuff, which I, I really enjoy. Brides has been doing some pretty cool stuff. If you're in the wedding industry, like in their stories, they have a variety of different kinds of stories and you can swipe up to look at them. But I don't think you can do the swipe up feature unless you have a certain number of followers. Yeah. 10,000 followers is the last number that, that I heard. Yeah, but I'm really like their stuff is really fun. So right now they have, you know, someone someone got engaged. So they're sharing that and tagging them. Congrats to these 10 real couples who got engaged this weekend. You can see them 14 days of Valentine's. So oh, Kate Middleton and Prince William third child didn't know. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not really something that I'm into. But I mean, they have a variety of different things. It's not it's not so much personal, but 
it might give you some inspiration about different kinds of topics. Absolutely. Or even just, just a way to use Instagram stories themselves. So this is good. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw out both of our Instagram accounts as well. Photographer's Edit is Photogs, so P-H-O-T-O-G-S, Photogs Edit, E-D-I-T. And then Boca Podcast is B-O-K-E-H P-O-D-C-A-S-T, book a podcast. And these are accounts that our head of digital marketing, Haley, is managing. And she's been doing some really, really fun stuff with stories as well. So for those of you listening in, if you don't follow us on Instagram, make sure you do and you check out stories. Haley's done a really, really great job with that. And I think he's gotten quite creative um, in using those, especially when it comes to announcing the podcast episode. So check that out as well. But where else can our listeners find you online? Go ahead and throw out your, your website again, if you don't mind, and Instagram yeah. and Facebook so they can see what you're doing and continue to follow what you're doing. Totally. So my website is olivephotography.ca, O-L-I-V-E, photography.ca. Uh, my Instagram is at Olive Photo T-O. T-O stands for Toronto. And if you want to find me on Facebook, I'm on there too. It's uh, facebook.com slash Olive Photography T-O. Perfect. This has been absolutely wonderful, Anastasia. And, and I truly can't thank you enough for making time to, to share with our listeners. Uh, I have a good hunch that we'll probably be coming back for some more conversation. <laughs> it was a joy. That would be my pleasure. Oh, this has been great. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.